friends, we are currently traveling to visit family for the holidays, but I wanted to have something to share with y'all for this week. So this is an episode of a podcast called Bugs Need Heroes, in which I was a guest joining hosts Amanda Nide and Kelly Zimmerman, whose name and voice might be familiar to listeners who heard our recent episode on mosquitoes. Their podcast is about the superpowers of bugs, and in their typical episodes, they join forces as artist and entomologist to create a brand new bug-themed superhero. In this episode, we discussed bug-type Pokemon and the real-world bugs that inspired them. It was a really fun conversation. I had a great time, and I think y'all will really enjoy it as well. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, Just the Zoo of Us presents Bug-Type Need Heroes. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating a bug-themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Producer Derek and Desdemona and Rotunda are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-inspired hero, what's bugging you, Kelly? Well, I usually, I'm usually pretty boring with the what's bugging me, but I had a, a fairly awkward encounter the other day in an elevator where uh, this guy, he's like really looking at me, right? Like I think like looking at me too much and I'm like what is going on here and then elevator door opens and he goes did you used to work out at this gym down the street and I got so nervous I said yes I've never been to that gym <laughs> <laughs> love that love that I for you I didn't know what to do I just felt so uncomfortable and I go oh uh yeah I haven't been there in a while and he goes I thought you looked very familiar and then <laughs> And he looked like he was going to ask me something else, and I zoomed out of the elevator. <laughs> what uh, a people-pleasing move. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to be right. <laughs> Correct. Please don't be embarrassed. It's fine. I can be that woman at the gym down the street. It's okay. I hope he runs into her now, and he's like, hey, I could see you the other day. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I may have caused more discomfort down the line for someone else but <laughs> i diffused uh, my own double yes. it and give it to the next person <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly i'd like to double this embarrassment and give it, pass it along please. <laughs> just on the way over here on npr they were talking about this study about like liars how often does a person lie during the day kelly you're gonna skew their data it's all day. Think, all day all day all day every day <laughs> <laughs> mostly to avoid kelly <laughs> To avoid they did talk about people pleasing lying, which I think is its own whole genre oh, yeah. of lies. <laughs> like, yes, of course, of course, you can have that last cookie. I definitely wasn't saving it for anyone. The benevolent lie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, your shoes are fantastic. I love those. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are those are some interesting shoes. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know, especially not like a stranger. I don't know what his day is going going like. I just want him to feel comfortable and I'll take all that discomfort into myself and then rock it out of the elevator very quickly. So no more questions. Uh, how, about, how about you, Amanda? What's bugging you? Oh, 
nothing's really bothering me right now um other than it's like it's cold and flu season just starting and i know it's somewhere in my future (laughs) i can feel it out there lurking in the shadows uh but so far we've been blessed pretty good i I gotta get my flu shot i haven't gotten that yet yeah so yeah yeah the children just got theirs that's why i'm thinking about it so (sighs) and we we have a, a third voice Ellen. Yes. This is Ellen from you Justice Zilla. You may have heard me interjecting <laughs> before being introduced. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well, Ellen, what's bugging you? And welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, well, we just remotely closed on selling our house. So that whole process bugged me greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge pain. But uh, I, that's also very boring to talk about. So I shan't. So <laughs> um, I am brand new to the Pacific Northwest. And welcome, I'm still, welcome. thank you. I am getting used to the seasons here. And part of that has been uh, being very attuned to how I am feeling when there is less sun than I'm used to. Ah, mm, yes. Because that I have been thoroughly warned is a huge thing, right? When there is less sun, you do not feel good. So I've been really paying attention to it. I've been trying to go outside. So the thing that has been really bugging me is that the time that I have available to spend outside never lines up with the weather. Like when it is bright and sunny and beautiful outside is always the time that I have to be doing something else and I can't go outside. And and, um, I've been really trying to like carve time in for going outside and enjoying some sun, but it has been, uh, the weather has not been cooperating with me very well. So I started taking vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to supplement if you, you can't prefer, get out of They sell, I call them lizard lamps, but they're basically just <laughs> vitamin D like lamps that you can yeah. sit by. I have been, read by I vitamin been asking D my husband if we could get a happy light. So, yeah. Um, Precisely. At least in the one. morning. It helps For to wake sure. up to one of those. Uh, my my boss at my job when I was in my early 20s, uh, she was from South Africa, moved to Las Vegas, and then mm-hmm. she came to Portland. And I was like, how are you surviving? Right. So little vitamin D. She, she says different. she takes the pill and she sits in front of her lamp every single day. And <laughs> she just has to because her body's like, I crave, I crave. <laughs> I'm like a little gremlin because this time of year I feel better. Like it's less sunlight. I feel like less assaulted by UV rays. I can just <laughs> relax. I'm a very fair skinned mega white lady. And <laughs> I, think, I think my people are just meant to be in a sunless, yes. sunless Northern Europe. It's where I <laughs> You're belong. from the, 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 the part of the world where it's dark from <laughs> like 8 p.m. to about 11 a.m. And then. Yeah couple hours of light and then back to the darkness we're entering kelly's time of year (laughs) real kelly hours (laughs) soon we'll lose kelly on the podcast because she's hibernating (laughs) well guys it's time for kelly to go into her her stupor for the next couple months we won't be hearing from her a little little torpor for me (laughs) so i'll be a little bad it's fine today what are we talking about we're talking about something that i have no idea about (laughs) So yeah, we're we're talking about with Ellen of just the zoo of us. I should, Thank we should, you. We should drop her name. <laughs> you can find her at just the zoo of us. Um, we're talking about something that's near and dear to my '90s kid heart, of course, which is Pokemon. Yes, specifically bug Pokemon, but Pokemon in the general. So uh, Ellen, what's your background? How do you know about creatures big and small, and maybe even Pokemon in specific? 
Oh, for sure, Pokemon in specific. <laughs> <laughs> so I have always been an animal kid. Uh, I was the type of kid that was always at the zoo, always at the science center, always like hanging out and learning, always watching, you know, Animal Planet. I grew up in like like Amanda said in the nineties when there was a sort of golden age of like animal related content for kids. This is kind of like this animal planet, like time when, you know, they had the crocodile hunter and, mm-hmm. um, oh, I love the wild crats were on their like third or fourth show. <laughs> the one that I knew them from was Zaboomafu. Zaboomafu. Um, that's Big how I, house. yeah, that was my intro to the crats. Um, but so, yeah, there was like this time during the 90s where there was a lot of great animal related uh, media, which I was the type of kid who like lived in suburbs, kind of indoorsy, didn't actually spend a lot of time like out in nature. But I spent a lot of time learning about them um, through TV and books and stuff like that. So uh, just kind of kept that passion all my life. And then as an adult, started a podcast about them uh, where my husband and I dedicate time to learning about the cool animals that make up our world. So we've been, for the past four years, we've been uh, either doing our own research ourselves to learn more about these animals for our podcast or interviewing guest experts like Kelly, um, who come on and tell me all about them, all about the cool animals that they study and work with. So um, really, the the podcast has been <laughs> my greatest source of experience <laughs> for learning about animals, but I've learned a lot. We've been doing oh, it sure. for four years. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a really great experience. But as for Pokemon, uh, my when I was, I would have been four, um, my grandmother got me for Christmas the purple see-through Game Boy Color. Ah, mm, yes, Which I, I think is kind well. of an iconic one. A lot of people yes. had the purple see-through one. Um, and Pokemon Gold. Mm-hmm. And she said one of her uh, piano students had told her about this game where you can um, befriend magical animals. And she thought it <laughs> sounded like the sort of thing I would love. And I did. She was right. I did love it. I could not read yet at the time, which was a little challenging for a very text-based game. <laughs> <laughs> very text-based. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of learned to read through mm. like playing Pokemon. Like you have to read to like navigate the game. And so I kind of like picked up on it and like like really hit fast forward on learning how yeah. to read. It was like, I gotta learn how to read. I gotta play this stupid game. Um, <laughs> That's great though. It it worked for me, um, and I think it worked for my son, too. He had so, a similar experience when he was, like, really little. He really, like, once he started, he picked up Pokemon, he got really fast at reading. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, grew up on Gen 2 and then got really into Gen 3. I've played every – I have played – um, every generation of the RPGs and some of the spinoffs. I haven't played all the spinoffs, but um, I've been along for the ride. I will say I have a huge blind spot for the anime. Whatever's mm. going on with the anime, I don't know. Weird <laughs> Y'all stuff, got something weird stuff goes down in the anime. <laughs> weird stuff. Not familiar with what's happening in the anime, but I have played every RPG. So I'm I'm familiar with every You're generation. You're well-versed. That's funny. Well-versed. Most people yeah. know the anime and then they're like, well, I've played some of the games. But you're the inverse. You're like, games, 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 games. I only care about the games. <laughs> uh, fair. I've only played a little Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah. Because I like to be outside and it's something to do while I'm walking around the city. Absolutely. Pokemon Go know. was a triumph. Truly. I think all it's- the, the summer of Pokemon Go is one of the greatest summers of my life. That's unlike just preserved in my memory forever as like a magical time. Yeah. My wife won't let me play it anymore. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, she I, took finally, you off the I finally go? broke the hold uh, last last fall after a Noivat uh, uh, community event. So I finally got my my good Noivat. I got a shiny. I was like, "This is my guy. I've accomplished my goals. I can stop." My wife was so relieved because it meant that she didn't have to watch me to keep me from going into traffic. <laughs> 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 so who's Ellen? Who's your guy? Who's your guy? I have a lot of guys. I tend to um, usually when I play an RPG, I try to s- fill my party with only Pokemon from that generation. Oh, interesting. Like, I try not to like if I'm playing like Gen three. I don't really want like a Gen one Pokemon on my team because I feel like I've done that one already. Yeah, you know, like I had that one when I played that generation. I want a new one, so I like to have a new guy on my team. Um, the game that I replay the most is Pokemon Emerald, mm-hmm. uh, and so when I do play Pokemon Emerald, the one Pokemon I always stick in that first like route where you can find a Ralts. Um, I spend forever in that route and I find my Ralts and it has to be a female Ralts because I'm weird like that because it has to be a female Gardevoir, obviously. Obviously. So (laughs) I make sure I always have a Gardevoir on my team in Gen 3, but um, in Gen 3 also I make sure that I have, particularly relevant to this one, although it's not a bug type, but I think it's an honorary bug type because it should be, is Flygon. Oh, that's cute. I do like Flygon. I always make sure that I catch a trap inch in that sandy, like, desert area. And then, because Flygon is so good. Flygon is absolutely based. And I just <laughs> love Flygon so much. It should be a bug type, but it's not. Yeah, it's, oh. it's definitely one of those ones where, like, the evolution is good. Because sometimes you'll see one and you're like, Gen- you're like, oh, one's cute. Two is pretty good. I wonder where it's going for three. And then three's garbage. And you're like, what happened here? You guys fall on this. <laughs> Oh, it looks like a little mm. dragon. I so Flygon, uh, is it tiny? for people unfamiliar, uh, evolves <laughs> from Trapinch. This will make a lot more sense if I can show you a picture of all three of them together. There's a Trapinch. In we put a Trapinch in the Discord so that I see him. Sorry, oh, it's like a little I'm trying to throw in the Bulbapedia entries as we go. As someone who is familiar with bugs, you may look at the trap inch flag online and recognize that they're based on antlions. Yeah, that's what it which looks are like. an insect I had never heard of. And so when I was a kid, I saw this trap inch vibrava flygon and flygon seemed like so out of left field. I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why does this little guy with bear trap jaws turn into a giant dragon? Like none of this made any sense to me until I was an adult and I found out that antlions exist. I was like, oh, that's what it is. We're going to be doing antlions pretty soon because producer Derek has captured one. That's the boy. You <laughs> have the boy. I actually have a couple of them right now. <gasps> you caught your own trap inches. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful that they will uh, metamorph, uh, but I don't know if they will. I keep feeding them my dermestid beetles. Mm. Uh, so I have a, a nice food supply for them. I have some video that we'll put up when we do that episode. That's cool. Yeah, they're very cool looking. Are you setting cool. up little gladiator fights with them? <laughs> no, that's that's well, not between them, just yeah, the- their meals. <laughs> yeah, I guess Flygon would be my my little guy. I always make sure that I have. I love I love a three stage evolution because I love catching mm. a little guy and like the satisfaction of bringing your little guy up into a big cool guy. That's like <laughs> that's Pokemon for me. That's the experience. No, I totally agree. And maybe you'll join me on this 
this slight rant. I don't like the current generation design. Like they just, there's too many human, humanoid Pokemon. There's too many humanoid Pokemon. I want little I would like to guys. steer away from the humanoids. I, 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 that's enough of that. Yeah. I, I want a larva that turns into <laughs> a chrysalis that turns into a butterfly. Okay. I want three stage in stars. <laughs> that's what I want. I yeah. all, with the exception of Tinkaton. Tinkaton can stay. You're good. Yes. You're golden. You are fine. <laughs> I like when here. it's like, it's like, here's a Pokemon. He's a pig. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> like, Sean, you're coming home with me. You know? So. I am also like one of the very few Flamigo defenders. I'm like, <laughs> we were just talking about Flamigo. <laughs> I love him. He's great. He's nothing. I love, he's perfect. Don't change him. <laughs> he's a Flamingo that fights you. What more do you need from me? He's perfect. <laughs> but you know, it's because you mentioned like needing a Pokemon to like develop in these instars in a very like, mm-hmm satisfying resolution i don't know if this was something that y'all had prepared so i'm sorry if i'm uh stepping on your toes but uh the that was kind of like the motivation behind like the invention of pokemon yeah like the whole like the the creator satoshi tajiri uh, has talked about how when he was a kid he would go out and like collect bugs and like watch them and and study them and he was like a like a bug kid you know he would go out and pick them up out of the dirt and and really enjoyed playing with bugs and studying bugs and stuff like that and that like the metamorphosis of bugs which i think I feel like they should have used the word metamorphosis instead of evolution. Yeah, evolution uh, does not make sense in this context. It doesn't. And also it just introduced so much more controversy into the Pokemon franchise than they Oh, yeah. Do. I remember being a kid and people like, we can't have Pokemon in this house. Oh. They teach evolution. <laughs> while, like, while that was not my household, it was adjacent to my household. There yeah. were members of my family who objected very vocally to the fact that I was allowed to play Pokemon. Um, Interesting. Because it involved evolution, and so I feel like, and and that's not even what it was. It wasn't even evolution. It was metamorphosis. Yeah, I'm like if they had just used metamorphosis, they probably could have skirted right around that little bit of unnecessary controversy. But but yeah, like uh, um, Tajiri's entire like childhood spent collecting bugs specifically was you know why he eventually went on to come up with designs for his own little guys um and you can really see that in how many cool bug type pokemon there are in the first generation like the first generation has some real bangers uh in terms (laughs) of bug types like you can see you can really feel like the love for bugs come through in some of the pokemon designs because there's some deep cuts in there there's like Dewpider, which is a diving bell spider Pokemon. That's oh, like, cool. how do you know what diving bell spiders are? Like, <laughs> there's a couple that I'm like, this is a this is a guy. This is a specific dude. I'm like, like this up, is one of the guys. <laughs> this is one dude. Like Pikachu is like, okay, it's like a rodent. He has electricity powers. He's cute. But then there's other ones where I'm like, why do you have? this but like <laughs> this butterfly is a butterfly like what do you do it this moth is a moth i really like the fact that there's like multiple pokemon inspired by cicadas like they just yes. could not get enough of cicadas <laughs> like we're doing cicadas stop. again that's <laughs> what guys i've got an idea for a pokemon is it cicadas again it's cicadas. <laughs> well, uh, amanda you've played a lot of pokemon what would your mm-hmm. pokemon dudes be okay so i have to start this off with I am a person who I will admit in this context is very susceptible to my own nostalgia. And <laughs> and for that reason, my guy has always been Bulbasaur because like, or 
Ivysaur, like, because that's like the first one, right? For me, that was the one. I was eight. I didn't know what Pokemon was because I was not allowed to watch cartoons when I got home from school until my homework was done. It was a whole thing. But my friend was like super into Pokemon. He's like, okay, we're going to play Pokemon at recess. And I'm like, okay, who am I supposed to be? I'm like, just be Pidgeotto. Okay, what do uh, I do? You're a bird who says Pidgeotto. <laughs> like, that's what I did. I put my arms in my sleeves and flapped around and said Pidgeotto, you know, as an eight-year-old. And then I eventually watched the show and, and gangbusters from there. I think my first game was Emerald. Um, <laughs> you watched the show and you saw how many cooler dudes there were on the show. You were exactly. like, exactly. I was guys. like, maybe, maybe the, the bird? I, I, I could have been a dragon and you guys had me be a bird? <laughs> I also love, I have a soft spot for Pidgey because it's just like, and here's a a, a, a dude. Here's a bird. <laughs> and it gets, a, it evolves into a bigger bird. <laughs> That's, you know. So my dude has always been Bulbasaur. I like Raichu. Of the newer ones, uh, I was always felt like I was done, because I was a grass type fan. I felt like I was done dirty that there wasn't a Leafeon, like, from Jump. Mm. That, that there there's fire, electricity, and, and water Where's my leafy boy? So I, I have a soft spot for Leafeon, too. They did stick the landing with Leafeon, though. That's true. I, people <laughs> people try to harsh on Leafeon. I'm like, how dare you? There's a leaf coming out of her head. You don't need anything my else. Son. <laughs> Never speak to me or my son again. <laughs> Love that. So most of the time, Kelly, there's one little dude. It's a rat or whatever it is. And it's cute and it's fuzzy and it's adorable. And then it evolves into one thing and then one thing after that. If there's three, sometimes there's only two. But Eevee was special. It was the evolution Pokemon. So you could touch it with a magical rock and it would turn into whatever type that magical rock was. So oh, interesting. It, so you had a little a little furry dude and you touched him with the electricity rock. He turned into an electrical dog. If you touched him with a fire rock, he turned into a fire dog. And... Originally, it was just three. The fire, electricity, and It looks water. like a cute little fox. I'm looking at Yes, his, so image, cute. Yeah. Very so popular. Cute. Uh, besides Pikachu, Eevee has become the, like, kind of unofficial secondary mascot of, of Pokemon. And, and they've, every now and then, I'd say every four games or so, they'll introduce another type. And it's always a huge deal when they do. Because they're up to, like eight now i think oh yeah derek showed me a little uh in the in the discord is a branching evolution yes. of, of eevee very cute yeah. i think i and like so the umbreon yes the yes the, uh, very cool that's cool looking the patron saint of emo kids everywhere <laughs> yeah and like a lot of them come in pairs like the the purple one and the the dark one so umbreon and espion came in a pair and it was are you their friend during the day or are you their friend at night? Mm-hmm. And if you're a friend during the day, oh, you yeah, got SPS psychic type. <laughs> and if you were friends at night, you got the dark one. <laughs> There's Glaceon, who you may recognize. I I drew a picture of Glaceon for Derek because his wife recently got a haircut that is very like Glaceon. Oh, yeah. The bangs. Yeah. The bangs. The bangs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the fairy type is the most recent. Let us back up for a moment, Kelly. Mm-hmm. So it's when it, when Pokemon first started. Imagine it's the nineties when it first started. There was like five types. Let me put my flannel on. Hold on. Yes, hold on. <laughs> Tie it around okay. your waist. Nineties. <laughs> think about I don't know who was popular in the nineties. Jonathan I'll Taylor Thomas, Pearl Jam, and uh, pull your yeah. jeans up over your belly button securely. Correct. <laughs> uh, 
so imagine there's like there's like five elements maybe more i'd have to count for real but it's like water fire electricity plants rocks metal (laughs) rocks which are different from ground somehow different from (laughs) it's different they're two different things is ground like dirt instead of rock yeah yeah it's like like dirt and sand and like ground would be like the worms like Mm -hmm. diglet is a ground type but a rock would be like the one that's made of rocks it's a whole thing okay it's a lot of creatures made of rocks um and those all made sense but in the 30 years since they've all kind of you maybe as little things get tweaked now it's this incredibly complicated web of like dragons which interact with psychic types which interact with uh, fairy types which interact with steel types you know and like just Hmm. so that now i i don't envy anyone who's trying to like get into it because it used to be fire is weak against water water is weak against electricity electricity is weak against getting punched in the face you know so (laughs) and like that's just kind of how it was and now it's like these incredibly complicated webs of like multi-class pokemon who are like i'm a rogue but i'm also a bard don't worry about it And, like, there's a whole dragon that's, like, hugely popular, Charizard. And he's not a dragon type because dragon types didn't exist yet. <laughs> but they but did he's... some, when they introduced Fairy, they did some retconning. Like, they there was did. an opportunity there, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so I just restarted watching the anime because my five-year-old son is just starting to watch the anime. And it's this kid who, in the first episode... He loves Pokemon. He can't wait to get out there and do the Pokemon thing. Pokemon. And then he spends every single episode not knowing what a Pokemon is. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a Caterpie. He's like, oh, what is that? What's that a Caterpie? I'm like, you live in Pokemon world. <laughs> Touch grass. What are you doing? <laughs> and you claim to love Pokemon. And yet you walk outside and the very first thing you see is a giant worm. And you're like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, sure. You it's like that you can't. You cannot set foot in the grass without running into one. He's bewildered at every step. Like, I get that you have to do a certain amount of, like, the main character is our outlet into the world. But, like, he should be able to say, look, a a Caterpie. Which, judging by the name, can you guess what kind of creature it is? (laughs) Is is it a caterpillar yes that's correct yes that's correct <laughs> when i was little <laughs> when i was like five like four or five i had played so much pokemon that i forgot the real word for caterpillar <laughs> that's so cute and i could only call them caterpie because i forgot that caterpie that the caterpillar was the real word, word for it yeah are you calling ash ketchum a fake fan uh, yeah i am gatekeeping ash I'm, I'm calling out ash ketchup to the mat right now as a, as a poser <laughs> dude you're like he's 11 and he lives in pokemon world he doesn't know what a caterpie like i, I bet you can't name five pokemon <laughs> basically oh yeah you love pokemon huh i'm five pokemon right now speaking, um, speaking of the 90s poser is such a 90s word too it is oh no i've outed myself <laughs> <laughs> you're a phony <laughs> Uh, so what animals would you say, I mean, we've mentioned a couple here, but who's the one-on-one that's just a real Pokemon in real life? That's just a, a real Pokemon. As in like a, a an animal that exists that yes. is yeah, not a, a real, Pokemon that should be. A real be. guy who's not a Pokemon, but if he, if he got transmogrified into Pokemon world, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. 
So um, I've, I've said this before on another podcast, but uh, the Bombardier Beetle, the fact mm. that it's not a Pokemon is baffling. Is yeah. Because how do you pass Bombardier Beetle and go straight to like Marine Isopod? Like, how do you... <laughs> How do you swerve around the literal, like, bug with an acid cannon built mm-hmm. into its body, which, like, that's one-to-one. That's a straight-up Pokemon move. Um, that is weird. And then just be like, instead of that, we're going to go for the diving bell spider, which, yeah. like, eight people have heard of. Like, how do you, like, <laughs> sidestep that? It is ridiculous to me that uh, they didn't go for that. I mean, it's right there, right? Like. I don't yeah. see how you. I don't see how you miss this. No, I, I don't disagree. It, it, like, yeah, there's so many bugs, and you've missed the one bug that I think, yeah, in real life has actual exploding powers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I I was just making sure that I didn't like miss one because there's literally over a thousand Pokemon at this point. So I was scrolling through the list to make sure I didn't just like forget one. But um, the fact that like there are multiple B pokemon you know like pokemon Mm -hmm. that are like bees and stuff um but there are no like straight up wasp pokemon that i could find or think of really i would argue the bee drill is a wasp not a a bee does it not say it in the name i mean it does (laughs) (laughs) he's he's definitely named bee drill i'm just saying that i they they don't have a hive or anything they're just like hanging out on trees i think it's a wasp maybe maybe the name is more like like cicada killer it's a yes. bee drill oh drill he's out there bees. hunting bees yeah like oh wasps. he drills on bees he drills on bees <laughs> yeah yellow jackets well, hunt bees so it makes sense some of that might be a localization issue because yeah, so there's there's several literally po- yeah. translate bee drills japanese name it is spear yeah so, so there's there's way. a couple pokemon that they get done dirty in the american translation particularly gen one because not to sound like too much of a weeb, <laughs> not, to, not to get weeb on main, but <laughs> but like those early animes that made the, the 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 leap over to American television were not taken seriously. They were just cartoons are for kids. Japanese cartoons are weird and dumb. Just slap some voiceovers on it and call it a day. So a lot of the early Pokemon have very literal names. This is. Bee drill. He's well, look, got looking at that bee drill. That definitely looks more like a wasp. Yeah, than a right. Bee-day. Like very wasp. I think they could do a lot more with like the wasp concept, though. Like separating mm-hmm. them from bees, right? Like I think yeah. you could because wasps do like incredible things, right? Like they have like diabolical. Like they can like you know and control minds of like cockroaches and stuff. Like you could do like a psychic type, like oh wasp psychic type, yeah. like like a psychic yeah. type wasp would be so cool something like that i also was thinking about it and, and there's so many um, parasitoid wasps too you could do you something know. so cool with that like aside from the fact that like oh no bug will sting you ouch like <laughs> there there are so many like cooler parts of them than that but also i was thinking about assassin bugs um mm-hmm. and particularly wheel bugs because assassin bugs do some like diabolical stuff too uh but i was thinking about wheel bugs because i've seen wheel bugs in my old backyard and they're mesmerizing creatures but like you could take such a steampunk angle with that if you did like because they a wheel bug has basically a, a giant cog sticking out of its yeah, back they're pretty right? awesome looking like a little saw like blade a, 
yeah they're so cool you could do like a, a like a steel type or like if you want to do like a steampunk angle maybe it's even like a water type and it's like steam powered or something you know like i think you could do something really cool with a wheel bug and from what i've heard i've never been bitten by one but i've heard that those bites are not to be trifled they with. are not uh from what i've heard not comfortable no. uh, i mean well you also have assassin bugs who wear the corpses of other bugs on them. I mean, I don't know. It if, might like, be a little a gloomy of- for a Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay, like, you don't know how gloomy Pokemon gets. I know it gets that, like, messed up. I know that like in the past they've had like draft designs for Pokemon that like from the beta to the version of the game that gets released, they like redo the design, like, mm-hmm. because they were like, that's too much. <laughs> so like Remoraid is an example because it used to be like a gun, like yeah. it used to be like a fish gun in the beta version. And then when they were testing it for American audiences, they were like, you can't just have a gun. In this, <laughs> in this, this, game. Isn't, this isn't Digimon. You can't just have a gun. <laughs> Digimon is like, this one's a gun. <laughs> This one's a nuclear warhead. Ah! This, this one's just a gun. <laughs> that is, is there a, uh, is there a praying mantis Pokemon? Does that exist? Kind There's, of. Kind of. It's not a praying mantis, but it is an orchid mantis. There's an orchid mantis Pokemon. Yeah, there, it's one of the newer ones that kind of walks around, and I don't like that it walks around. And then there's there's Scyther, who should have been so oh, cool. that's right. Yeah, Scyther. Scyther should have been the coolest Pokemon to... Because he just has, like, blades for hands. And that's also, awesome. the blades are rigid. Yeah. Which is like, they're supposed to do this. This is their whole thing. Yeah. They're supposed mm-hmm. to do this movement, and then yeah. they don't do it. Yeah. Not raptorial enough. Yeah. Didn't have oh, yeah, Derek's sharing on. images of them. I don't like them. I don't yeah, like the way <laughs> I wish they were cooler for these. This one's got a weird axe hands. I don't. Yeah, and then there's happening? this orchid mantis one that's probably the closest to a mantis, but she evolves up and she gets too um, ladylike. I don't like when they're humans. I don't like it. So I okay, I don't like when they're humanoid. I think they do I that do for like, perverts. I like when they slay. <laughs> I do like when they're when they're serving. I'm like, yeah. I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> there's this one bird that like has like its like angelina jolie leg out and that one always makes me laugh it's ampha something i don't remember what its name is i i do like it i'm like if they can make her pretty uh like lee vanny i love Mm -hmm. her i love her um and what's funny about the orchid mantis pokemon is that weirdly enough she's not a bug type and her Pokedex entry, I did a whole TikTok about this because I think she's really cool. Her Pokedex entry says that she's a plant mimicking a bug. A bug type. Oh, that's oh, interesting. She scare off predators that would be eating a plant. Oh, she's cute looking. Isn't she yeah. pretty? Yeah, she's I pretty. love her. Um, but yeah, she's a grass type, not a bug type. And she absolutely demolished me when i was playing pokemon sun <laughs> she wiped the floor with me well considering i don't know a ton about pokemon um what what do you think should be my my dude then buzzword a couple dudes that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> okay so kelly i think i've shown you a picture before of buzzwall Derek's surely about to drop it in the in the decord is that the muscular mosquito the muscular yes. mosquito man <laughs> Why is he so jacked? He just is. Don't He's worry about it. Jacked. He is. And what's funny about this guy is he has no other evolutions. He just starts. That's just him. 
<laughs> comes into this world swole. <laughs> Mr. Looks caked up. I don't know about this. <laughs> as heck. And something about his energy, I some I know I just said I don't like the humanoid ones, but I'll make an exception for Fuzzwell for like if because he's also huge, right? He's like man sized. Hmm. And I just want sweet, gentle baby Angel Kelly to just be walking around and someone's like messing with her. Hey, haven't I seen you at the gym? <laughs> <laughs> don't I know you from the gym, don't the I Pokemon gym? Uh, and then she's like, no. And then she gets out Buzzwell and he's just like, you messing with Kelly? <laughs> oh, I love that he sounds like the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, Macho Man Randy Savage, Buzzwell, yes. Your brother. <laughs> he's like, mm, <laughs> mm. If you like cute bug t- if you like cute pokemon if you like them to be cute and fluffy yeah there's two that come to mind one is joltik and mm-hmm. it's evolution oh. galvantula which is my baby um joltik though is supremely cute extremely adorable uh if if you could show kelly a picture of joltik because kelly i think yeah like kelly i think you'll like joltik oh look at how little he is just it's a little just, guy he's so a cute. little boy and then um also what was the one i was just thinking of i just had it in my brain and where did it go ribombi ribombi which is based on the bee fly it's just this adorable little fairy that's based on bee flies and i learned this recently that ribombi is because the name of i think it's the genus or the family or something of the bee flies is bombaliidae Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like the yep. bomb part of the name mm-hmm. comes from the comes from Bombus. It's from beef. Yeah. Like Bombus. you can tell that like the people that come up with these designs like do a lot of research. They like yeah. either know their stuff or they do a lot of learning about it. Um, but Ribombi is extremely adorable. That was one of those ones that like was from the generation that they introduced fairy types, so they were having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> a lot of fairy types. <laughs> oh, she's very cute. Yeah, I just she's her. adorable. Very very cute. Hey there, we're taking a quick break to hear from a couple of the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. When we get back, we talk spider Pokemon, the real world ecology behind Corsola and Marini, how video games can inspire the next generation of naturalists and conservationists, and so much more. So stay with us. Last week, The Greatest Generation, the comedy podcast about old Star Trek TV shows like Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, just had its 500th episode. And Greatest Trek, the podcast about the new Star Trek shows like Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and Discovery, just had its 250th episode. So whether you have a task that's roughly 750 hours long, or you want to learn about some of the production techniques that go into making one of the greatest franchises in television history, you should give us a try either way. The Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, the best-reviewed, most-listened-to Star Trek podcasts in the world. They're on Maximum Fun. Cameron Esposito here, comedian and host of Query. Every week I get to interview someone amazing from the LGBTQIA plus community. Some queeros. I chat with them about their lives, loves, careers, and more. I've talked to, you know, giant celebs, Trixie Mattel, Lena Waithe, Tegan, and Sarah Quinn, but also astronauts, reverends, nurses. It's funny, it gets deep, and hopefully it makes you feel like you're part of something. Join me every Monday on Maximum Fun. Listen to Query with Cameron Esposito.
I'm a big fan of spiders. How many spider Pokemon do we have? Is it There's just the Death a and There's a decent amount of spiders. And I to your to your point there, Ellen, I would say that part of why Pokemon has lasted the way it has is because of the amount of care that they really do put into There's a lot of of these little animal animal guys. You know, because what what are you really trying to find? You're trying to find animal kids and right. make, and gamify loving animals. And so this is like the ultimate gamification of loving animals because it's all the fun parts of loving an animal, right. but with way more interesting fun facts like a tiger. I love tigers. Its skin is striped underneath its fur. Interesting. But here's a pig that only stays alive if it's still jumping because its springtail <laughs> keeps its heart beating. Like that's like so much more intense for 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 an animal kid. That's to be very like, intense for a children's game. Oh. Yeah, there so, are a lot of Pokemon whose lives are on the line every minute of every day. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of Pokemon whose truly. Pokedex entries will be like, if a minor inconvenience happens to them, they will die on the spot. They will die. Like episode like eight of the anime is they have to get a fire salamander inside because if the fire salamander gets wet and his burning tail goes out, he will execute on the spot he's gone he will he's die a, not he's faint. extinguished be dead he will permanently that's it dead. for him <laughs> like that's you like episode what? eight <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that because maybe they're showing the delicate balance within ecosystems yeah. and between food life. webs uh we do have uh some species we call indicator species mm. that uh if they're in, in maybe a river system and the river system is polluted uh that's the first species to go because it's highly sensitive to its environment so maybe mm. in a weird way it's teaching children about conservation <laughs> and the delicate <laughs> balance of, of of nature you know they did take this big like environmental slant a couple of generations ago where okay so there's this pokemon that was introduced way long time ago when i was a kid called corsola mm-hmm. it's a coral pokemon and then a few generations later i think it was in gen 7 i don't remember off the top of my head they introduced this um Pokemon based on the crown of thorns starfish it's called a uh, marini and toxapex I think is its evolution and this Pokemon this crown of thorns starfish preys on Corsola just like how the crown of thorns starfish preys on coral in yeah, real life that's very and cool game that they had this cool mechanic for a while where like sometimes when you were fighting a wild Pokemon it would call for help and like summon allies into the battle to fight with it so if a Corsola called for help sometimes instead of calling in another Corsola it would attract a Marini into the mm-hmm. battle that would then attack the Corsola instead of fighting oh, with no. it, it would attack the Corsola so it was like it was like voicing like expressing distress and then that attracted a predator that would that's then- very cool like attack it so 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 cool and then on the topic of corsola this coral based pokemon that i think it was the next generation i don't remember yeah. we introduced a ghost type variant of it called cursula <laughs> that was a bleached coral yeah oh, it was, it was wow. like it was a corsola that had gotten bleached yeah it, yeah it was, it was a white that's great like, i mean ghost coral thing that is discussing conservation and climate change in, in a in a way that's i think less depressing and then fun for yeah. children to to absorb and, and become engaged in and that's like you said i think that's what the creator of pokemon wanted yes right. very much to so, engage yeah. and pokemon is somewhat infamous for its absolute disregard for world building in the sense <laughs> of like where do pokemon come from don't worry about that uh, <laughs> how do they get here nope not important 
fine. <laughs> Who created the universe? A Pokemon. Oh, what? You know, so like, like there's a whole. <laughs> they're like, this one's God. This one's God. <laughs> this Pokemon is, and like the question of what's the first Pokemon has like oh seven God. answers because like it depends on what you're really asking of what the first Pokemon, it's a whole thing. But <laughs> I had that thing... exact conversation with my nine year old this morning. <laughs> Literally that exact conversation was what we were talking about. <laughs> But one thing that they they have done in that is there's this one Pokemon called Trubbish, which is just oh. a, a sack of garbage that has gained sentience. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and like that's meant to be like this kind of like, hey, we're polluting our cities so much that it's gaining sentience. Maybe we should pollute less. So like there are these like moments of like actual... Like they made Trubbish kind of cute. Derek Trubbish is kind of cute. Really but, like, cute, actually. In Gen One, there's Muck and Grimer, who's also like a this nuclear sludge has gained sentience. <laughs> Maybe we should have less nuclear sludge. So, like, there is definitely a we have. And that would to... certainly be something Japan is concerned about. E- exactly. Yeah. There's definitely. I'd be very interested to have someone do a deep dive on how Godzilla. <laughs> reaches Pokemon because there's definitely a through line there. In yeah, my oh, there's absolutely. so many kaiju inspired Pokemon, yeah. right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of like you can see a lot of Pokemon have that like Godzilla format, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even like in the the latest generation, um, what was it called? Um, the big ice dragon thing. Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but it was a very clear like Godzilla. It was yeah. like a mix between Godzilla and this one particular type of dinosaur that they like discovered in Spain because the region's mm-hmm. based on Spain. Um really cool connection there. But like you can see a lot of like kaiju uh like inspirations in the designs. But y- you mentioned Grimer and Muck. Baxcalibur, thank you, Derek. Yes, absolutely. Baxcalibur <laughs> is what I was thinking of. Um and the, with Grimer and Muck, it, uh, once again, in like later generations, they did like a variation on them where they originally they were just a pile of purple sludge. And then in a later iteration of them, they had these rainbow sort of like stripes in the sludge to make them look like an oil spill. Mm. Oh, where neat. like they went from being this like nuclear sort of generic like toxic waste sludge to being like oil and i think that was from the region that was very like environmental like slanted um but they were unfortunately they made them look way cooler like (laughs) they looked very cool (laughs) but like a lot of times they do kind of insert you know real world ecology and real like environmental like lessons you can take away from it you do have to kind of dig for that that. stuff i like that because like there's only so much they can communicate in like a turn-based combat game, right? Like there's only so much they can really say with that. Well, um, but if you dig for it, you'll find it. Being a kid who easily got obsessed with stuff that I, I enjoyed, those kids are going to find it. They're going to yeah. read everything they can about it. They're going to find these threads. And then, you know, hopefully they will become, you know, good good world citizens in the process mm-hmm. you know good little environmentalists yeah and I, talk- I think oh sorry i was just gonna say i've <laughs> talked to a lot of people on the podcast and i know this was definitely my experience um people who are otherwise indoorsy kids and maybe don't have a ton of access to natural mm-hmm. spaces people who don't have an opportunity to go outside people who don't really have an opportunity to connect with like real world nature because maybe you live in a city right or maybe like you don't have the type of lifestyle that allows you to spend a lot of time outside but 
Pokemon is a really cool way to like simulate the experience in a way that is very exciting for kids, right? Like a way to um, like simulate the sense of adventure and going out and like exploring the world and finding like the wildlife of the world and getting excited about it. So I have known a lot of people who maybe weren't animal kids or nature kids, but they were Pokemon kids. Right. And as an adult, we're like, how can I chase that high of being a kid playing Pokemon? Oh, wait, I could go out and like study bugs or I could go out and like, you know, do field work. And, and it's kind of like being a real life Pokemon master. So yeah. I've known people who like definitely got that out of the Pokemon experience, like taking an indoorsy kid and like inspiring them to love nature. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I will preach the values of Pokemon <laughs> till the end I of my life also kind of like this baked into the system dichotomy of like what do you know about pokemon if you don't know about pokemon you know the animals fight each other that doesn't seem very friendly but then the (laughs) anime is just week after week of being like we have to be nice to the pokemon we have to treat the pokemon well if the pokemon aren't your friends they don't evolve if you don't treat your pokemon well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't fight well for you and if they if they don't like you they just straight up won't listen to you so there's kind of this yeah, I'm making the Pokemon fight. And they, they kind of stepped away from that a little bit when they were like, and sometimes you could put them in beauty pageants. You know, <laughs> I you love the beauty pageants so much. Fight them. You can just make them cute. Which I was like, yes, why is the whole Absolutely. game not this? <laughs> um, so like there is kind of like this natural tension within the game franchise of like, you have to treat the Pokemon well while you force them to battle <laughs> <laughs> with each other presumably to the death, you have to you respect know? wildlife yeah respect the them as as living creatures even you know they're pokemon but yeah yeah, yeah so really I think tell, about that. you can really tell that like they're thinking a lot because they know that they're largely marketing towards kids and they're thinking a lot about like the values they're expressing to kids and like what are we saying to kids and what are we encouraging them to do because Mm -hmm. in more recent years you're seeing them like come out with a lot of more like um I don't know, value-driven, like, software, like, like for the phones, right? You've got Pokemon Go. The whole point of that was to go outside and, like, ma- like build community and explore the world. Touch grass. Like, that was, like, Pokemon Please. touch grass. Um, Please, for the, for the love of Pokemon, go touch some grass. Go outside. Yeah, and so Derek just mentioned in the, in the chat here, Pokemon Sleep. And I was thinking about Pokemon Sleep, but also isn't it Pokemon Smile, too, which is, like, an app that's meant to, like, encourage kids to brush their teeth. And Pokemon Sleep, which is supposed to make you like, you know, um, encourage a healthy sleep schedule and stuff. So I think that in recent years, they've been thinking a lot more about like, how can we actually associate? I'm I'm sure a lot of it is from like a marketing perspective of like, we want to associate our brand with like health and wellness. And, you know, we want it to be the sort of thing that people feel good about putting their kids in front of. Um, Oh, that's neat. I didn't know I had all these, all these branching out. Yeah. And not being Japanese, I think there's a whole element to the conversation that we're not hearing, which is like, you know, I don't know what the conversation in Japan is about like video games and what they do to kids. Mm -hmm. In in America, it's a lot of like violent video games make violent kids, you know, so I don't know what that conversation is in Japan. And so it's very possible that a lot of these things are direct results of culture wars in japan of like we are video games need to be helpful to society you know and so (laughs) pokemon said okay great we will do that we will be helpful so that you still love us and spend money on us (laughs) 
Are there uh, are there Pokemon that feel pretty true to the animal they take after in any way, or are they all really something about a drowsy simply? is very tapir like? I feel so. Like- <laughs> I have an answer for that. I have an answer for that. For okay, why right. drowsy is tapir like? Drowsy and its evolution hypno are based on a creature from, I know it's from Japanese mythology. I think it's also from Chinese mythology. You'll see that a lot, a lot of things that appear in both. Um, It's called the Baku. And it is based on the tapir, the like South Asian, Southeast Asian, like the Malayan tapir, which is why it looks like a tapir and why it even has the like panda almost markings of the tapir. And in mythology, that is a creature who appears to you in dreams or, or I, I don't remember the details of the folklore behind it, but it is associated with like eating dreams. I think in some versions it can like protect you from nightmares because it eats Mm -hmm. your nightmares and makes you not have them. That's what I've heard about it. Dream eater Um, is one of its moves too. Yeah. Yeah, one of its moves is if your Pokemon is asleep, it can use Dream Eater to like attack them, um, which is cool. But that's why that is also why a lot of Pokemon designs to American audiences are nonsensical, right? Like because right. a lot of it is based on folklore we don't have. So right. there are a that's lot of really Pokemon cool, designs, yeah, that you cool. look at it yeah. and it doesn't make any sense to an American child because they don't have the cultural context to understand what they're looking at. But like a Japanese child might be able to look at it and then, oh, I know exactly what that is, right? right. Like. It makes so, which I think for like American audiences adds this element of like, like mysticism, I guess almost like, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like everything seems so fantastical Mm -hmm. because it's something we've never seen before. Right. It's like, you don't really know what inspired that or anything, but that is why drowsy looks like a tapir because of the Baku. It's very, very cool. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that some of them are actually just based on specific people. Like Snorlax is a guy that worked at Game Freak in the nineties. <laughs> I would well, have been into trouble. They got into trouble for naming the Abra line in um, Japanese. The, yeah. the original names were named after real world like magicians, mm-hmm. and Yuri Geller uh, was like the Japanese version. <laughs> I don't know why they did this. I don't know what possessed them to just name their Pokemon just the name of a guy, like a real dude. Who He's David Blaine. Here he is. Oh, <laughs> no, David Blaine. So they named, I think it was Alakazam, after just this dude. And he was like, can you not? <laughs> and so they got into legal trouble over the name of this Pokemon. Um, but like, yeah, a lot of that stuff can be like completely kind of like lost on kids, especially since a lot of these are like nineties references. <laughs> like, That's kids awesome. Now are gonna be like, That's so like, ridiculous. What are you talking about? Um, so Kelly, I know in particular you love a lore and Pokemon is I just love lore. dripping in happy. lore, but like what Ellen was saying about like a lot of it is Japanese lore that we just don't know about. Like the Drifloon will just straight up steal children. There's like weirdly dark pockets of Pokemon in Gen 1, there's a <laughs> there's a Pokemon called Cubone mm-hmm. that just walks around wearing the skull of its dead mother. Oh, boy. I, that's, <laughs> that's Gen... That's where they start. Ooh. They start at you walk around Set with the, the skull. Tone. <laughs> and then there's ones that, yeah, they like steal you in your sleep. There's ones that eat your dreams. Uh, like the, the whole subset of ghost Pokemon gets very creepy right away and because it's japanese folklore it's like new to you so you're not like desensitized to it yeah like oh i've heard this story my whole life 
And so, yeah, yeah. You, sometimes you accidentally stumble upon. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All the nightmares. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you guys want to mention fan theories real quick? Oh, do you have any? And do you have any fan theories you love, Ellen? I'm unfortunately not super plugged in uh, to, um, like, I don't know, fan. I steer away from, like, fandom communities for things I deeply love. Because I don't, want to, I don't want to be, like brought down by it like i'm stuck with pokemon for the rest of my life i know that i don't want to i don't necessarily want to be bogged down by it but there's one fan theory i'm sorry that the question is fan theory you love because i have a fan theory i hate okay i'm um, with you we're here for judginess is it the cubone one because that no, was it's not the cubone one it's the venonat and caterpie one. Oh, where they've been switched Yes. Mm. Um, so the idea is that Venonat and Caterpie should have been swapped. Caterpie should evolve into Venomoth. Venonat should evolve into Butterfree. And the reason I don't think that's true, first of all, there's proof that it's not true because if you look at the index numbers of the Pokemon, they were clearly Caterpie, um, Metapod, and Butterfree were designed as a set of three. You can see that in the index numbers. They were added to the design sheet at the same time together. They were always meant Mm. to be together. Venonat was added early in development, Venomoth much later, but still, like, they, they weren't a set. So, like, you can see it in the in the documentation <laughs> that they don't <laughs> But looking more, because a lot of this is based on the morphology of the Pokemon, right? People look at Venomoth, it's dark colored, it's fuzzy, it has compound eyes, just like um, Butterfree, it's dark and has compound eyes. Like, similar mm-hmm. facial features and everything. But Butterfree is based on a, I think, a swallowtail butterfly. And if you look at the caterpillar of that butterfly, it looks exactly like Caterpie. Like, mm-hmm. 100% that's Caterpie. It couldn't go with anything else. If Butterfree evolved from Venonat, that would make that would be nothing. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> right. Because and a lot of people are like, well, Caterpie has these like lens style eyes where it's like got these big round eyes. It's just like the one lens. But that's because Caterpie's eyes were inspired by the eye spots on the mm. caterpillar of that butterfly. So like, yeah, that's just a design choice they made. And then Venonat being a little fluffy round guy, like that's Very what cute. moth that's what moth <laughs> caterpillars look like. Like, right? Like they're fluffy and little round balls of fluff. And like, yeah, they have the same face. Some designer didn't want to draw a whole new bug face. He's like, I already drew a bug face. Just put the same bug face on the other one and we'll use that bug face. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So. I I think yeah, so look at that caterpie there in the Discord. I think what you're really looking at is what I sometimes refer to as the Glenn Keane effect, which is that every single woman in Disney looks exactly the same for about a decade. <laughs> and it's because their lead female designer was Glenn Keane, and he just draws the same girl over and over again. <laughs> Can like, only make one girl. He makes one girl. <laughs> and, like, that worked for a while in animation. Don Bluth draws the same dude three times, okay? Like, he can draw... <laughs> A big beard man, he can draw a cute 90s rom-com boy, and he can draw, like, a sexy girl. That's what John Bluth draws. And Glenn Keane has that same thing where the reason why Jim Hawkins' mom looks exactly like Ariel is because Jim Keen, Glenn Keane drew both. And So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's just a, a case of 
this artist's oeuvre says this is what a bug <laughs> face looks like. And they already twice. hit perfection with Butterfree yeah. and they were like, or with Venonat, because I guess they designed Venonat first. So they were yeah. probably like, you know what? I don't feel like making a whole new bug face. We nailed it the first time. Let's use the one we already made. Keep it rolling. Let's not, <laughs> let's not reinvent the wheel here. And like, they did not know how big Pokemon was going to get yeah, at first. You can't predict like, that sort of stuff. They really were not putting their entire heart and soul into some of this stuff because you could tell they were kind of like, yeah, we don't really know how this game is going to go. Let's do our best. And, you know, they, they weren't putting as much into it as I think they did in later years when they were like, oh, the whole world is playing this. You know, some of it was they were kind of like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> make it a make it a rock with arms. I don't know. Just put something out there. <laughs> right. And like sometimes you'll have uh, disparities between the anime and the, the you know, the, the game. The game has a manga the manga has an anime, you know, like there's a lot of like all three of these things are being made at once. So there's not like a, a source for a lot of it. So right. like in the games, Graveler has arms or not Graveler. Um, Geodude just like has arms in the car, in the comic book, he walks around on those arms, <laughs> but because they didn't want to animate that for the anime, he just flies. Yeah. He just floats around. <laughs> Which makes no sense. 0.0% sense that he can fly around. But like, he just flies around now because the animators didn't want to animate some dude walking around on his arms. I think they didn't expect... I think they didn't expect full-grown adults to have, like, thoughts and feelings about the Pokemon lore for the years down the line, right? So, like, I don't know. Like, again, anime was not serious business in the 90s. It was just put your kid in front of this fodder you know right like until cowboy bebop comes along there's really not a serious anime that has made the jump so i can i can see why at the time they would probably not you know be putting a ton of thought into some of this stuff right i was like they probably weren't expecting people to take it as seriously as they do now or for like those design choices to matter decades later yeah (laughs) it sounds like they've gotten better through the the iterations of pokemon and and again, with the sort of environmental message, it's, it's cool. It's You guys are making me want to play Pokemon. Although I don't know <laughs> if I can get into it now. Ellen, are you familiar with the lore for Deoxys? Only very vaguely. Only very vaguely. I Because I uh, played the Gen 3 games um, at the time when like Deoxys could only be distributed by like a physical like event at a physical location that you had to go to. And I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> So I did not know much about Deoxys. <laughs> there was a movie about Deoxys, but yeah, there's been there's like what twenty movies now. It's ridiculous. So it's a DNA Pokemon. So Deoxys, oh, oh, Deoxys I believe it's okay. Is it, is it <laughs> Deoxys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got like these uh, helix arms, which to this it. day is how I remember what DNA stands for. <laughs> but I th- my thought was that it was like they got a a grant or something. Like there's that one episode of Buffy that's really bad, uh, <laughs> where it's one about underage drinking. <laughs> How dare you! This one stands out because it got an Emmy nom for like yeah. hair and makeup, and hmm. the the rumor was that they were appealing for some special uh, youth drug and alcohol prevention grant. In when they wrote it, they did not receive this grant, but that rumor has persisted that they were hmm. going for it interesting and it's notable for being like a bad episode from a bad season but it got an <laughs> emmy nod 
Like they drink beer and become cavemen is what happens. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, I wanted to show Kelly another bug type Pokemon that I like. I'll drop it in the message right here. Yeah, show this me all the bugs. Froz Moth. That was one that I was hoping we'd get to. I love Froz. Oh, cool. Very pretty. She's beautiful. Very, very pretty. So I, I need um to play Pokemon. It's I need like a Nintendo system, don't I? I mean, so unless I want to use an emulator. You could use an emulator if you wanted. That's actually what I replay. Um, I actually replay Emerald on an emulator pretty often. And I just run it on my phone. So you could do it like that if mm. you wanted. And also it might be easier to enter into the franchise in an earlier generation because there's just less to know but i will say that like recent games like games on the switch um are definitely made with kids in mind so they know you're new to the franchise right like like, they know you don't know this stuff off the top of your head a lot of a lot of complaints about the current games are that they are they put training wheels on you for a lot of it like they'll remind you what the type advantages are right Mm -hmm. they'll like constantly like telling you more like things that we as people who have played these games for decades <laughs> like, we feel a little like well i had to memorize this stuff right like yeah. i just had to know this stuff off the top of my head and now they're like you know they kind of people complain that they hold your hand too much i don't care like it's fine right if my nine-year-old can play it i don't it's it's no big deal yeah let, let the um, kids enjoy right like let them there's a thousand of these things you just can't like memorize them like that anymore so you know, the more recent games are definitely beginner friendly because they do kind of like explain a lot to you along the way. Um, but there's also, you know, you could download one of the older games on an emulator or something. They're always like, they know, they know kids are playing. They don't expect you, like they don't rely on a lot of background knowledge. Yeah. I think I have an old Game Boy kicking around somewhere that I have, probably still works. I have that purple Game Boy I was talking about. Um, I don't have it in my room because my son was playing with it the other day, uh, but I still have it. So it, it, Dioxys, I think, is one of the ones that, so it's, again, trying to educate the children, trying to educate the children. And it's based off of DNA. And I think it's from space. It's like an alien virus that comes to Pokemon Earth and gain sentience as it so often does on Pokemon Earth. What is <laughs> what the going at Pokemon Earth? <laughs> what is happening on Pokemon Earth? But like when it came out, so this is like the 10 year anniversary of Pokemon was the release of this DNA alien that has like multiple attack forms and it will get you. And I guess NASA like hosted a bunch of events and released like physical cards that you could only get at these release parties. And so now it's like highly coveted Oh, you know, oh, the trading game cards, which we haven't even talked about the trading <laughs> game, the card game. Oh, my gosh. Huge blind spot of mine. I just I like the art and that's it. That's yeah, as far as exactly. I can get into it. I like the little uh, pictures. Yeah. That's cool. I liked the little pictures. And I had some like good cards as a kid because we had a I Japanese have, ex- we had a know. Japanese exchange student come one summer and she stayed with us for like three weeks. And that was all. And her like parting gift to us was to hand us kids like 300 pokemon cards oh wow here you go i know you guys like pokemon we were like thanks (laughs) i think her name was yuki i don't quite remember because i was eight um and she was like here you go and like in that that stack was like a shiny charizard like blastoise it and we have a couple of them still kicking around unfortunately i think the really truly valuable ones are of a moost, but 
my older son is way, way, way into the into the trading cards. Yeah. Um, and I unfortunately, like I like I said, I collected him as a kid, but I just it's had a resurgence right? and over. I would say over quarantine, a lot of adults got back into it. Yeah. Because a, a couple mall. years ago, there was a big. There's a mall just a couple miles from our house, and we were there a couple weekends ago, just randomly kicking it. I, luckily, I had my nine year old with me because they were having a swap meet at the mall and there were like dozens and dozens of people with tables set up where they were like selling and trading their Pokemon cards or some people were just there displaying their collection and they had these incredible like first edition like original print uh, like Japanese cards that like never got released in America and like these amazing my son was in heaven Aww. right and i'm walking around like okay yeah that's cool but my my son was like <laughs> losing his mind i i was a magic the gathering kid so i had similar a energy. similar vibe similar yeah. vibe <laughs> <laughs> so i can understand the, the the feel of this certainly derek used to play tournaments at the local GameStop. just oh i only played know. a few i only played a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, derek you had like at least a couple badges it's more than me yeah they because they did the events at like toys r us and so i did a couple of those I only ever got like to the Cascade badge, so that that kind of dates when it was. Because there's like full adults <laughs> playing. Yeah, I, I mostly <laughs> lost. I think I won like one game. Plus, and it's a win. A win is a win. Magic: The Gathering kind of has the same problem, especially now that like oh, yeah. if you really want to win, you have to pay money to get the good cards to get the best deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not, worth, not worth doing because I've heard a lot fun. of Magic the Gathering people complaining that now you can just buy pre-built decks and it's like mm-hmm. just an auto win. Like I paid the 200 bucks to get this perfect yeah. deck that just always wins. That's not, I not have, fun. I have most yeah. of my old cards. I sold some of them. I sold the more expensive cards when I was in my 20s and I kept the rest. And I occasionally, just for the hell of it, buy a little booster pack of whatever the new magic mm. set is because i like to look through them but i have yeah. no one to play with so they just sit in a box that's what my my son is a collector he doesn't play the the game the battling game he doesn't battle the cards or anything but i have ordered specific cards for him online where like mm. he had a specific card that he wanted and mm. i would find it online i would order them from like a local like place that traded cards and stuff so i have done that for my son um I, I mean, he doesn't battle, right? Like, if it, if he were battling, I don't know. I don't think I would feel differently about it if he were battling, right? And he wanted, like, a specific card to, like, do better in the game. I don't know. It's already, the whole thing's already kind of a scam anyway. So, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> so, right? But the collecting is fine. If he's just yeah. going to enjoy the card yes, the collector, there was then why not? He really wanted a Noivern card because Noivern's his favorite Pokemon. That's and Derek's so favorite too. <laughs> I found really. Yeah. He's he a big bat boy, so loves Noivern. So I bought him. I ordered online as like a school incentive, you know, do good at school and then, you know, at on this day, you know, we'll I'll get you this card. And I ordered it from him. He was so excited to get it in the mail because it was like Aww. the one particular card he wanted. It was really fun. There was a thing a little while ago where people were like taking their obviously not very valuable pokemon cards and like painting the rest of the card to match the image there's some really good ones you can get some really cute etsy i painted the rest of this pokemon card cards i've seen people do that and also make them into 3d art Mm -hmm. so like they have multiples of a a card 
they'll like take an exacto knife and cut pieces out and layer them to make the oh, card cool. like 3d yeah. i really like that i've never been brave enough to try <laughs> i always think i can do that and then i was like nope no 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 know your limitations amanda and this is one of them i think some people also um will take a like a circular like hole puncher or something mm-hmm. if they have a car that they have a lot of they'll punch like the picture out of it and use it as like a placeholder mini for like D. <laughs> oh that's adorable I i've seen people that. that like i've seen them do this with uh with magic the gathering cards that like if there's a certain card they have a lot of they'll like yeah. cut a they'll like make it into a little like token mm-hmm. uh that they use for like dungeons and dragons games which i think is a cool idea for that that is very cool uh we wanted to talk about what was it fromoth fro fro oh what? yeah fromoth yeah oh i was just Fromoth's showing that to kelly i thought i thought it's a pretty, pretty it's very pretty well i'm gonna pretend that you're recommending it to her because she you know because obviously you're a huge <laughs> fan is that we love woolly bear on this podcast so that's a baby that's, oh. which it's funny that snom isn't yeah. like the little woolly bear guy like they went in a different direction they did a jewel caterpillar for snom so like you'd think because that type of moth is like pretty well known for their caterpillar form, but they like didn't yeah. do that at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cause especially cause woolly bear has like sleeps over the winter can predict the weather powers. You think snom would be the shoe in for that, but nope. Although I will say they did nail it with snom. Snom is extremely I mean, cute. Very good. <laughs> I'm glad they I'm did it that way. It's really good. I can't argue with results. If you liked what you heard, there is actually more to this conversation. In the version of the episode that is up on their feed, we had a really fun time quizzing Kelly by presenting her with various Pokemon designs and letting her guess whether they are official or fan-made. It is a lot of fun, so if you want to hear that, head over to Bugs Need Heroes on your podcast app. I will include links to their website, socials, and feed in the episode description. As for just the zoo of us, we will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. In the meantime, if you'd like to hang out with us online, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Discord, TikTok. Links to everything will be in the episode description. You can also send an email to me at ellen at justthezooofus.com if you have a cool animal you'd like to hear about on the show. We would like to thank Maximum Fun for having us on their network alongside their other wonderful shows like the ones that you heard promos for here today. You can go check those out and learn more about the network and how you can be a part of supporting our show over at MaximumFun.org. Finally, we would like to thank Louis Zong for our theme music. That's all for today. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.